Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. I know that everyone's experience of the world in the last 400 and something days is so vastly different. We are emerging, all of us, different than we were before the pandemic hit. None of us have gotten through this without some pretty big structural changes to our personal life. And it feels like we're all kind of peeping out from behind these COVID structures now, and we're figuring out how to approach one another again as things begin to open up. I was talking to a friend today, and she said, I feel like I'm really different and that I'm not going to do things the way that I used to do them. And I feel the same way. Me too. Today's episode is about disruption. And the Latin word rupt, R-U-P-T, means to burst. And disruption means a burst that comes in the path of the normal flow. It interrupts things that have been going along and going along in a certain way that has begun to feel normal. And a, a disruption, a burst, changes that. And disruption, of course, is not convenient. But there's nothing more true than the fact that every single person I know right now is disrupted or has experienced disruption. Every single one of us has had a burst that has interrupted the normal flow of things in the last year and a half plus. And I'm positive that you've probably had more than five (laughs) disruptions. Disruption transports us out of the status quo, out of the regular, and it puts us in the face-to-face possibility of transformation. And we can choose at that intersection, we can choose to get stronger and more resilient. We can let the friction of the disruption polish us or we can let it bury us. And the disruption of the status quo, of the normal flow, is necessary in order for us to avoid this stagnancy and complacency that that happens to us as humans. So the sand and the oyster that makes the pearl, it's the rub that makes it better. It's the thing that topples your table. And that thing will often be the thing that helps you find exactly what makes you tick. And we can create disruption to our routine. And I've talked about this a good bit in this podcast. Like we can exercise differently. We can purposefully get off balance, disrupt the regular so that we maintain the versatility of strength. And one of the most important ways to train 
is to have routines that aren't predictable physically. So to create scenarios where you have to react with your body in new ways to keep your balance, to catch the ball from new directions, to not move in the same way every day. And that will lead to incredible core strength and you'll be profoundly stronger if you train this way. So put a pebble in your shoe, so to speak. Create friction if there's not enough. And then, of course, there's, there's life, which often gives us plenty of those pebbles without us having to simulate it. Last weekend, this past weekend, I was at a park with my family. And let me just tell you that I was feeling really raw, like right from the get-go of the day. Like when I woke up, and I, I don't really know why, I just woke up with this irritation and this um, sensitivity that didn't feel circumstantial because it was a beautiful day. Um, My family's healthy and all felt good on the outside, but I felt like my skin had sort of been removed. (laughs) And I, I have these days periodically where I just feel really tender and raw. And I knew it was a day that I was probably going to cry or fight with somebody Um, but I just wasn't sure about what. So we're at the park and I was following Coretta around and I overheard Matt say hello to somebody. And it was a guy who was there with his daughter and, and Matt said something like, is your name Cody? I think we went to school together when we were kids. My name is Matt Cooper. And the guy was like, oh yeah. And they started to have this friendly conversation Um, and this banter. And so I walked around the corner and I had Coretta in tow and I smiled at him. I smiled at Matt and I continued to follow the baby bear around and I was within three feet of them or so. And they talked and talked and Matt never introduced me. It didn't even come up and I was three feet away and it just didn't come up. (laughs) So if you listen to last week's episode, the story I was telling myself was, well, clearly he's not introducing me because I look like a disaster. I look as tired as I feel. And, and this guy's wife, who is apparently across the park, is cute and perky and younger. And Matt's embarrassed me in every way. And also I'm dumb and shy and socially awkward. And he doesn't want me to meet his friend. So that, that was the story that I was telling myself. And I will remind you that I had woken up that morning with no skin and every tendency to feel wounded and destroyed. And I was so ready, ready, ready for exactly this to happen. And so the story I was telling myself escalated as he continued to talk to this guy and ignore me still three feet away until finally I really couldn't, I couldn't take it any longer And I waited for a break in their conversation. And while the guy was kind of distracted talking to his daughter, I said to Matt, why are you not introducing me? Well, he apologized and he rectified it and he introduced me and assured me that he was distracted and whatever, just kind of a dumb oversight. But I was still on fire with it. And I continued to carry on about it pretty long after the guy had left. 
I was looking for an internal shift. And then Matt did something really unfortunate. He said, are you going to let this ruin our whole day? Well, yes. Yes, I am. I am willing to let this ruin the whole day. And now the ownership of my own story here is important. The story that I was telling myself, not surprisingly, my fears about why Matt not introducing me, why he wasn't introducing me, they were false. Those fears were false, it turns out. Um, And we demystified them together after I talked with him. But the disruption had landed us somewhere new. And I wasn't really willing to go backwards. And we were all of a sudden having a profound discussion about how we wanted to be supported in public by one another. And that felt big. And that is the thing. The disruption always lands us somewhere else. And what is not a good choice is to cover it up, cover the disruption up with the rug and pretend that you're still working with the same kind of day. It's what we do with the disruption that is important, where we carry it. And of course, this is a pretty, pretty small little domestic benign example that most people can see themselves in. But the disruptions have been pretty life-changing with the world as it is. And this is a time where we see big systems are breaking down and people, thank goodness, are asking for disruptions that will change the course of justice for good, we hope. The call for racial and social justice, disruptions that are long, long, long overdue. And so, yes, sometimes your day is ruined because someone needs the system to change. So we let the day be ruined because of what is emerging from that ruin. This this has been such a shattering time for so many. But I also know that it has been a time that has been enormously creative and innovative like never before in history. And so what I think that we need to ask is, what have you done with the broken pieces of the pandemic? What has changed for you? For me, I've lost all tolerance for inauthenticity. I will ruin the day (laughs) regularly if it means that we get somewhere better. And the thing that I'm not doing is I'm not covering it up anymore. I will get louder now when it's called for. I will sweep it out into the middle of the floor and make a scene so that we can stoop down and look at it talk about it and repair it because that's what I'm interested in the most. So what are we doing with the pieces that have shattered? Because it's happened. And so what are we doing with this wreckage? It feels like collectively and personally, it feels like we're making a collage. We're making something entirely new out of it. And 
and Matt and I, going back to the to park story, Matt and I repaired it. Well, well, we didn't just repair it. We made it better than it was before. We made something new. And the uncomfortability that the disruption causes is worth it. It's always worth it to me for what is revealed on the other side. What's good to remember is that when there is disruption, there's energy. There's a burst of new material to work with. It sometimes feels like like it's sudden and it's ugly and it's crazy, but it can be energy that pushes us in a direction that's brand new and that's perfectly timed. It's like, I'm sure you know this feeling, like how a good face scrub has some grit in it. And at first it feels rough and you keep rubbing it in and rubbing it in and your skin eventually feels so smooth afterwards because of the friction. It takes the dead and the dull top off of your face, of your skin. Disruption in relationships can do that very same thing, leaving us sort of freshly invigorated to go again. I, I'm a lucky human in that people tend to like to share their stories with me. I saw something Anne Lamott wrote recently, and I related to it so much. She said something like, all my friends are afraid, afraid of all the things we're all afraid of, but they're so brave because they've been through so much. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I feel that way too. I feel that way about my friends and about the people that write to me about this podcast. I'm so regularly blown open by people's bravery that is nestled right against a pretty profound earthquake of fear. And they do it anyway. They do the thing anyway. They build it anyway. I wrote a piece just a little blog piece about this last week, how just in my orbit, all the disruptions that I know about, and I picked 12 people to talk about, and I left out three, 300 more. So many stories have been given to me this year alone to hold, and I'm astounded by the, the bravery and the grit and the graciousness with which people are building outroads And people are making beautiful art from their wreckage. So I picked 12 that were kind of speaking to me that day. And I thought about paraphrasing this, but I'm going to keep it in its original form and read it to you because the power of these individuals has just left me in awe. In the Finston area of 436 days, Things were disrupted, none of us ever to be the same again. His father died, and they still haven't gotten to mark it aloud and be witnessed in ceremony. He's been quiet about it, but rattled. The ripples of this loss affects his courage and urges him to be grateful for his age. He wonders what could have been different. Death still surprises us even in old age, and robs us of the time to repair all the conversations. She had a baby in the deep south this year. There were many losses, 
before he made it over to Earthside, a little boy with a round face like the moon, and no one was ever more wanted or cherished. I hope she knows, as I know, being an older mama comes with wisdom and less frenzy. I hope she leans towards letting the dishes go and holds his warm body a little longer in the morning chair. He lost his husband. I cannot imagine his pain, and I have only watched and worried from two degrees back. She said that he's a miracle, and his raw process has been inspiring and rapid. He is shedding skin and redecorating, all while honoring his husband's life and making little altars everywhere. Grief can swallow us whole sometimes, but it sounds like he is becoming more awake instead. They have found an opening in this wild year. They are now a vocal and articulate activist and no longer leaving out parts of themselves in the bio and description. They have new hashtags that invigorate and point to places where they had previously been quiet and vague. It has all been a gift to watch, and I feel both proud and sad at once, wishing there wasn't so much to conquer. She is a black woman and has wondered why some of her white friends have been cautious around her and have not checked on her as much. She is not one for small talk or fluffy book clubs, and she, like so many of us, is recognizing who she will keep and who she will let go of. This year has a theme of house cleaning, and I hope we will all end up with what belongs to us. She got divorced and likes talking about it on social media. It seems to help her have an audience. And I hope that she is seen and validated in triple time. It's hard being a single mother while also carrying betrayal. It is all too heavy and dark, even for the artists. Her little boy is lucky to have such a mama, and I think he will take good care as he grows into a man. She is hesitant to return to in-person meetings. She may be the only one I know who is relishing Zoom because there's a powerful collective of women rising in the private chat of her college while the white men speak to the masses. These women are calling each other in on this thread, and the calculus is riveting and necessary. It is orchestrated and changing the patriarchal landscape. When she told me about it, I got chills and wished I was part of something so alive. You need to say something now, she said to her. Now you. I need you now to speak up because you are white and they will hear you. Can you step up and then name me and then point to her to speak? I wonder how they can keep this cadence and not lose the importance of what they have built on the right side of the screen when the world returns to in-person. She's a little late on her language, but this little bear is first working on her physical process instead. We don't progress in all areas at once, and her fingers are so detailed and nimble. I rarely worry about her falling or losing her balance. She's on top of her world, wobbly and grinning, and not worried at all about how many words she has in her bank. He lost his business, mostly because of the perfect storm of the virus and the long-awaited reckoning. 
and there was not enough attention on the details and the homegrown stitching that people originally loved about what he built. What is in store for the hole that is left? I think something spectacular and still in seed form. I am watching from another planet and trusting the voices that are rising in the rubble. There are some new callings I hear and some old ones dying. His parents did not know he is gay, and they are planted in bigotry and fear. Luckily, he has good friends on his lily pad, and he is brave and made of gold and will go someplace else to thrive. The cost of hiding any longer could destroy him internally, and we have to protect him. We have to protect all of them. She found a new piece just for her. Things had to break in order for her to find it, and now everything is different. She sees, when she looks in the mirror, a light that was not there before. She dances every day, even in the big windows. She calls herself a writer now. Let's call it a permission to finally be who she's been all along. He finally asked himself what he had been waiting for. There was no more time to waste, and so he hurriedly put together a new life. No one was surprised but him, and I am hopeful for what's coming, and I'm rooting for him. I think he has all new light fixtures. And all this just in my local orbit. How different we have all become. And there's so many, 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 many stories What will we see 20 years from now that's been built from this disruption? Ronald Reagan said, (laughs) and I got to say, I do not love Ronald Reagan, but I do love this. Status quo is Latin for the mess we're in. (laughs) So, thanks, Ronald. We disrupt the normal or it is disrupted for us. We keep shattering the ceiling and we keep making collages out of that broken glass. And we will keep ruining the day if we have to, because we are building something new. I am working with a man named Todd Anthony, who has a company called Pinwheel. And Todd is, he's brilliant in all things marketing and advertising. And I'm working with him to boost things that will help podcast a little bit and get it to more listeners. P.S. I'll happily put this information, Todd's information for you in the show notes in case you need a wizard of his type for your business. And Todd's asked me to think about who my audience is in the podcast and to start to start to picture who I'm talking to. He's really he's really been exceptional about asking me um good questions to keep me on point and to keep me really engaged in my mission for this work. And in the questions that he's asked me, what I've discovered is, is that things that will help seems to transcend gender and age. But where I do see a common denominator, and my producer Alex has said this too, is that all of you listeners here are seekers. You are all people who are curious, deep thinkers, and you're asking the bigger questions, the self-discovery questions. And um, you're also asking this of your inner circles, not just of yourself. And so, and so that's you. 
And I'm endlessly grateful for you. I'm grateful for your letters, for your questions, for your podcast topic ideas. Please keep them coming. Um, It's really fueling me and it's really sparking me in so many beautiful ways. So thank you. Thank you to Todd um, for lighting the fire for these questions. And thank you, each of you, for being a seeker. I hope that you have a beautiful day and take care of yourself and take care of each other. Thanks so much. Thanks.